Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we continue in the Psalms with Psalm 46. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Salah, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. Yahweh of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Salah. Come, behold the works of Yahweh, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Yahweh of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Salah. This is the word of the Lord. It is possible that this psalm is the basis for Luther's famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. You'll see God is our refuge and strength in verse 1 and verse 11. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It certainly has connection to, at the very least, and there are many other scriptures referenced in that hymn also. It's another hymn from the sons of Korah making, I believe, five in a row, starting at Psalm 42, although 43 is not officially labeled one of their hymns. It seems to be a pair with 42. According to the Alamoth, this seems to be one of those unknowns. We have a lot of musical notation kind of marks and types and words that we see throughout the Psalms. We've had Maskell the last couple of days, Now we get Alamoth, and this is the only time Alamoth appears attached to any psalm. The word appears just one other time in our English Standard Version, ESV Bibles, and that would be in 1 Chronicles 15, verse 20, where certain men are to play the harps according to Alamoth. So again, it is some sort of musical notation Beyond that, I'm not sure that we have much that we can say. So there's our introduction. What does the psalm actually give us? What is this hymn about? I think the first verse summarizes it well enough. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Refuge, the place where we go to seek shelter from harm and danger. 
strength, that alone I am weak, but in Christ I can do all things, Philippians 4.13, which does not mean what the world usually thinks it means, but rather I can be content in all circumstances. I can endure whatever attacks the devil throws my way, not because I am great, but because God is great and I am in his hand. He is my strength. He holds me up even when my my body wants to give way. He is a very present help in trouble. I don't know that the word very is a necessary modifier there. It just lifts it up even higher. But consider present. It's not just that the Lord is a helper. It's not just that the Lord can help us in trouble. It's that he's here. He's present. He's with us. And this reflects the book of Hebrews, in my mind, as you think of the preacher there saying that we do not have a high priest who who cannot sympathize, but that we have one, a great high priest, who has, has come into this world, who has lived this life, who has suffered on our account, who knows our needs, who knows our weaknesses, who faced the temptations that we faced. This psalm will focus on the presence of God, that he is here and he is active. So verse 2, we don't fear. Even though the earth gives way, even though mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, those are great tragedies of creation. Natural disasters is a way to make it phrased today, but, I mean, think of it. Perhaps this is reminiscent of Sodom and Gomorrah, which most archaeology seems to think was at one point uh, cities on the southern, southeastern side of the Salt Sea or the Dead Sea. And now, if you look at maps where people put them on a map, they tend to put them in the Salt Sea, the Dead Sea. That is to say that God, in his judgment of those cities, so thoroughly pounded those regions that they are now as low as the sea, and the water just filled them in. It's a hilly region that a mountain could be turned into a sea or literally here, picked up and thrown into a sea. Jesus talks that way with his disciples. If they have just enough faith, they could say such things. And that very much so is a reference to the idea of the Lord's will being done and not my own. Psalm 23 also comes to mind. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. We don't have to fear. Why? As this psalm is getting at, God is our refuge and strength. He is with us. He's present, even in trouble. So though the waters roar and foam, stormy seas that become dangerous, though the mountains tremble, earthquake kind of language here, but we're not afraid because the Lord is for us. There is a river 
whose streams make glad the city of God, holy habitation of the Most High. The city of God is a reference to Jerusalem, the holy habitation, the temple. Jerusalem didn't have a river. It had water sources, springs, a couple of them, but not a river river the way we would think of it. Water nourishes life. Water points us as Christians to baptism, to the continuous flow of God's mercy and grace as he washes away our sins. But let me connect this, because it does say the city of God, let me connect it to Revelation chapter 21 and 22, to the new Jerusalem, which is the bride of Christ, the church, actually. But here's what we read in Revelation chapter 22, the start of the chapter, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. I think there's a lot to connect here, but we'll just focus on the river again, for that's what's in our text. The river flows from the throne of God. Water is a source of life that God is providing for all of our needs. It's very paradisical, paradise, when you're talking Revelation 22. But again, the Lord does provide for our needs here also. God is in the midst of her, very present help in trouble, very present always, and so she shall not be moved. God will protect, God will provide, God will care for his people. And this, again, is all the more so in paradise. We will not be moved. The devil cannot remove us from that place. But even now, the devil cannot remove you from God's hand. That's John chapter 10, verses 28 and 29. God will help her when morning dawns. Every day is a gift from the Lord. So you wake up in the morning to a new day. This is Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23, that the mercies of God are new every morning. It's a gift, and he, again, he's going to provide. He's right there with us. He's going to help us for this new day. The nations may rage, the kingdoms may totter. That means they're not level. They're not going to just kind of stand still, but they're going to be all over the place, as evil is. That evil is all around us, and yet he utters his voice, and the earth melts. A reference to God's judgment, that he is in control, even of the nations and the kingdoms, a common theme in the book of Daniel, that God is in control over all, even if it doesn't always seem that way. 
family question, conversation here, could be how does God provide for you? How does he care for us even when it seems like things are bad for us and around us? It's a good conversation from this psalm. Yahweh of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So all things may seem evil. Everything around us may seem like it's coming undone. And yet, we need not fear. Because God is with us. Notice, with us, present. We would think of Emmanuel, the promise of the Savior, who would be God with us. Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came again into this world to take on our flesh, to take away our sin, by his death on the cross, to take away our death by his resurrection from the dead. Christ has defeated these enemies for us. Of whom shall we fear? There's no enemy in this world who can separate us from the love of Christ. None, not one. Everything's going to be all right, and then some, much better than all right. So, behold the works of Yahweh, how he has brought desolations on the earth, inviting us to think of God's mighty judgments. Certainly the flood would come to mind as a, a desolation God brought on the earth. But he makes judgments all through the course of history, and even to this day, although we can't speak with guaranteed certainty about a particular moment that we see around us. But everything is in God's control, so we should not be afraid to point out the idea that God is present, that God is working, that if a nation falls, the Lord is behind it. The scriptures do say that much. It is his judgment to bring upon them for having rebelled against him. He makes wars cease, breaks the bow, shatters the spear. Again, the end of war usually comes the transition of kingdoms, and God is the one behind those things. So God is going to work even through the wars in this world to establish his purposes. Be still. Know that I am God. Why is this psalm comforting? How does it help us be still? These are good family questions again. This psalm reminds us that there is no evil that can harm us. That's something I like to share with the kids in confirmation at my congregation. It doesn't matter what this world does to us. We are in Christ immortal now. If the world kills me, Jesus will raise me. If a, a pandemic kills me, Jesus will raise me. If the tower in Siloam falls on me, sorry, it's a bit of a Luke 13 reference, Jesus will raise me. The world cannot harm me. That's the kind of comfort we get from this passage, and because of that, we can be still. Again, the kingdoms around us are tottering. Think of a little toddler stumbling about. Think of earthly governments that look that way, right? They don't seem all that put together, do they? 
And yet we don't have to move. We don't have to worry about it. We can just go about the day that the Lord has made, loving our neighbor, caring for them, knowing that, again, there's so much more. There's so much more going on. And that the Lord is in control of all of it. So we need not fear. Yahweh of hosts, that is an ancient word for armies, Yahweh of armies, referring to the angels of the heavens, is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And if that's the case, whom shall we fear? None other than the Lord himself, maker of heaven and earth, but also our champion, our defender, our savior.